today on State Scoop's Priorities Podcast from Scoop News Group. A changing tune for cloud in Nebraska, continuing modernization for Vermont, and why identity is continuing to rank high on state IT priority lists. Welcome to State Scoop's Priorities Podcast. Every Thursday, you'll get insights into the state and local government technology community. You'll hear from top leaders across the state and local world and learn about the latest news and trends ahead for the industry. I'm your host, Jake Williams. Here's what's happening this week. The ransomware outfit that compromised several city agencies in Dallas earlier this month is an offshoot of the notorious Conti operation, according to researchers from Palo Alto Network's Unit 42. The group known as Royal has claimed responsibility for 157 incidents since last year, affecting the government and education sector, as well as private industry, across at least eight countries. Dallas remains in the process of rebuilding and testing its systems that were knocked out by the incident. New York City Council members are accusing the city's chief privacy officer of providing false information about how the city and its agencies use facial recognition software. The city's IT department says they stand by Chief Privacy Officer Michael Fitzpatrick's testimony and that the city's privacy officer did not provide any false information to the council. Oakland, California's mayor is requesting an additional $10 million to spend on cybersecurity improvements over the next two years. Mayor Shang Tao asked the city council to appropriate the money to help the city upgrade and harden its cybersecurity protections. Oakland was hit by a ransomware attack in February, which resulted in the shutdown of networks and systems for several weeks. You can find these stories and more at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. Nebraska is changing its approach to cloud computing. The state started a large-scale consolidation effort in 2015 and wrapped it up a few years later. That consolidation is resulting in cost savings for the state. But now, state CIO Ed Toner is taking that work further and looking to move nearly 80% of the state's enterprise apps to the cloud. Toner tells me how he's getting that done and what made him change his tune around cloud. We consolidated several years ago. So there's always the cleanup mess afterwards, right? So you're in that rush, 18 months consolidated so we're doing a lot of just cleanup there was 3400 subnets that we shut down and so we're finding servers that need to be shut down so i call it kind of a mop-up so we're still doing mop-up but consolidation went well and still is going well you know this is our fourth year into it fourth fifth year so we're still seeing savings from that uh and seeing a lot of good results from that and if you remember, we talked about during the consolidation, I took all the infrastructure and all of the enterprise apps. So now what we've done is we decided to change directions and all of our enterprise apps were on the prem. So we're a slow adopter, I know, but you know, we went O365 and went great. We're in the cloud. It's actually a, a, was an easy lift for us. Uh, we're going with a couple of other, our analytics tools. It's in the cloud now. Our HRS, our, our human resources, we put that into the cloud. Um, I'm in the middle right now of putting our enterprise content management system. Again, we have one of everything. We don't have two. So putting that in the cloud right now. Um, and so we're just doing a lot of re-architecting and putting things in the cloud where they make sense. And I would say I'm probably going to get 80% of the enterprise apps in the cloud, um, which will really help my team focus on all the other things that they have to do to maintain the state. And so uh, that's going pretty well. And we're still, like I say, I think cleanup, you know, when we, when we stopped, when we ended consolidation, I said, okay, we're done. And then we instantly went, yeah, but we got to mop all this stuff up. We're done. We've, we've been doing uh, a good job there. It's really paid benefits and availability, tremendous benefits. Uh, we just finished our 
We have two data centers. I've always talked about the Lincoln and uh, Omaha data center, which we go active active on our critical apps. Um, we moved into a new data center, which was right next door in the same building. We just moved it over. Um, and uh, that one is a fantastic. We put a lot of modernization into the, the Lincoln data center. Uh, really proud of that one. It's uh, I'd say a level four. So it's a great data center. Um, so we kind of upgraded. We're, we're changing everything. Not only are we changing the structure of the state, but we totally, everyone says our, you know, our building doesn't even look the same. We remodeled it. We've done all that. So, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, just uh, now if I can get everything into the cloud and um, then we'll, then I'll have to. So this is the, the year of the cloud. I wrote a blog on that one. We're going to the cloud, folks. And we've done a pretty good job moving there. And it's, it's, it's paid off. I think the cloud's matured enough where the price benefit is there now. It finally is. I don't want to be one of those guys that goes and then comes back out. So we're really doing our price benefit analysis on that. So, I mean, you talked about it a little bit there, but but let's talk about that journey to cloud because just a couple of years ago, yeah. you felt very differently, right? No, so so you're right, talk Jake. to me yeah. about sort of the change in thinking and the change in, in the technology itself right. that brought right. you there. Yeah, you know, it, at first, I don't think the cost model was there. The ROI, every time I did it, it was not there. Uh, the ingress, egress, fees, all those things that they had hidden. Um, also, I was always concerned about latency. That was a huge part. So I think the things that changed are the express routes where now we can, you know, have a big pipe directly into the provider without going through public, through our, our, our internet and using up our internet uh, capacity. Um, and so we, we only deal with direct connects. That's it. Some SaaS programs, we will low, low latency. We don't have to really have to worry about that. So I think number one was the speed concerned me because especially um, with the way that we're designed, um, a lot of our a lot of apps just don't don't play well in the cloud. But we're trying to move away from um, the technical debt that we've gotten ourselves into. And so we're trying to, to take that move to the cloud with some uh, off-the-shelf technology. The state has kind of learned their lesson. They're doing a pretty good job of staying within the parameters. Um, one more we're doing is our timekeeping. We're moving that up into the cloud. And at that time, it was um, we had the same tool, but we had three instances because everybody using it wanted to customize it their way. Well, I think over the, the years, they've seen that we've taken, taken the out of the box and just very quickly moved it to the cloud. So we got everybody together and said, okay, if you had to do this over again, would you just configure, don't customize? They all agreed. So all three of the, the instances we were supporting, they're now going to be on one. And they've all agreed from the beginning no customizations. So I think that's kind of the difference. You know, we it's we're we're using SaaS SaaS products. We're using you know off the shelf products. We're doing direct connect. So uh, the latency is in milliseconds. Um, and they just the the providers are getting smarter and better. Uh, they're not charging you 
the charges that they used to charge us. Uh, and we can find a little bit of savings in the cold and the glacial storage that, that they offer. So I think the landscape changed in the last, last time we talked, it hadn't been, it wasn't there yet, but, but you're right. We had a conversation about this and I was like one of the last, the last uh, holdouts. Uh, I think I held out just right because I've gotten some great deals where uh, I'm paying the exact same thing in the cloud or less, right? That's my thing. It has to be the same or less. But if it's the same, I actually get a return on investment because I no longer have to put the patches on. I no longer have to upgrade when they go to the new versions. And so uh, I kind of feel like we, we win there. Uh, and not everything, you know, I'm, I'm still not a total convert. Not everything's main bound for the cloud. You won't stand, you won't see me in the data center saying, this is going away. No, it's not. I'll be, you know, someone asked me the other day and I said, well, how long will it take for the mainframe, for the, uh, well, mainframe can be the same. I said, well, I'll be retired before we get rid of that. And then I thought about it. I said, no, I'll be dead. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I'm still the old, the old breed. I think it's going to be there. I think the, you know, a small, a small build uh, business or whatever certainly can go to the cloud. In fact, if I started up a new business, it would be out of the cloud, um, but not the size of a state. You know, that's just not not made for a cloud. And you have to have multiple providers. That's right. the other thing. We have multiple. Yeah. So I won't name them all, but you think of them, we got them. <laughs> We, we talked a little bit earlier and we'll wrap up here, but uh, you're one of the longer tenured state CIOs at the moment. Uh, what's, so, you, so you're saying I'm old. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, uh, what, what, what's some of the proudest things that you've gotten done? I mean, obviously the consolidation is oh, a big yeah. one. I think the proudest thing I've, I've done is I've taught fundamentals. Just a very, you know, I was in the financial technology sector and, and to be honest with you, that's a cutthroat, cutthroat sector. I mean, if you're selling stocks and bonds, if you're doing credit card transactions, um, your downtime availability is zero. You had better not go into a Walmart and you get that card rejected, right? Or you better not push that button to, say, uh, to make a trade and that button go down. So the pressure on you is very, very... Um, yeah, it's constant, right? So the only way you can survive in that industry is to have incredible process and documented process and having people follow those processes. So I would say my biggest challenge was all of my people now know their job, the fundamentals, right? Uh, and I, I wrote an article years ago in one of the magazines and I called it... Uh, you know, start with the fundamentals, then the shiny objects, and now we're shiny objecting, right? Cloud, all that. But it all comes back to that change management, problem management, project management. How do you react when there's a problem? Practicing failovers, uh, practicing a disaster, practicing all those things so that everybody is, knows their job and they're very good at the job. Uh, that was non-existent when I got there. It was, we used to call it the cowboy days. Like it was, you know, we had a bunch of cowboys just doing their own thing. And, and it was more like a startup that, uh, 
you know, I saw in the in 2000, right? They, they ran the state that way. And so that's my proudest thing is really that when I leave, those processes will stay because they become just ingrained in the culture and the culture right now, they tell each other, no, that's not the process, right? Uh, so I think my big legacy will just be, you know, I'll, I'll be remembered for the consolidation, but I think I'll be remembered for, okay, this is the way it's supposed to be done. And this is why we have high, high availability, our lowest availability of any system in the state last year. And, you know, I publish these every year. 99.98 was the lowest we had. So um, we must be doing something right. Ed Toner, Chief Information Officer for the state of Nebraska. You can read more about him in the state's consolidation at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. I'm Jake Williams, host of the Priorities Podcast. Next week on the show, you'll hear from Liana Bailey Crimmins, the CIO for the state of California. Bailey Crimmins is a winner in this year's State Scoop 50 Awards. You can subscribe to the show at PrioritiesPodcast.com and in links in today's show notes. Vermont is modernizing its network. The state's IT office, the Agency for Digital Services, has been leading a handful of modernization efforts across state government for the last several years with support from the legislature. Now, its focus turns inward and the state will look to upgrade the technology infrastructure of the network and get closer to its zero-trust ambitions. Sean Naylor is the state's CIO. He tells me how he's approaching that refresh. We've got in flight some big ones, uh, unemployment insurance modernization, Department of Motor Vehicle modernization, our ERP modernization, but you know those are in flight, they're going well. Uh, we spent some time this year at the legislature getting more IT modernization funds. Uh, the big one is as we've modernized, as we've moved to the cloud, we realized we kind of hit a point by which our network was a limiting factor. So this year, we've got the legislature to, to agree to modernize our network. So we have a, a significant amount of money to kind of redesign, and we're using this as an opportunity to not just replace in kind, but we're excited because what we're going to do is design to something that allows us to be, you know, closer to zero trust, enables that to actually be an attainable vision as we move forward, micro-segmentation, those things. So that's a that's an exciting project for us. Um, another one is we kind of got into like public policy a little bit, and uh, we proposed, we worked with a couple of sponsors and proposed legislation to create uh, a council for cybersecurity for critical infrastructure across the state of Vermont. Uh, that has cleared the House, uh, it has cleared the Senate committee, uh, it has to go to conference committee because there's a couple of changes, but I'm excited that's going to come out. And that's going to really establish us to be able to establish a cybersecurity council and engage with hospitals, the electric grid, water and wastewater providers, uh, internet, telecom, and start to understand on behalf of Vermonters their cyber posture, right? And start to work with partners and figure out for the small operators what are resources we have access to that can maybe help buoy them up and raise raise the like the base level of cybersecurity posture for all those that provide critical infrastructure in the state of Vermont. So let's let's dive into both of those. But the the first, let's talk about network modernization. Yep. Uh, what makes your approach to something like network modernization different than maybe your approach to just general modernization? All those other modernization projects that you um, have going on. I think. Uh, Convincing people was a little bit more challenging, right? Um, 
no, the network is like something that people, legislators, even even you know, they don't. It's not a tangible thing like seeing a citizen struggle to get unemployment benefits. And so, but we were able to have you know demonstrate some uh, critical challenges that we were having in the network and how um, we got their attention when we would tell legislators like, look, you want to move this policy thing forward, it's going to require technology, and that technology will no longer run well based on this. We need to make this investment so that the policy stuff you want to consider in the future will be able to run efficiently. And so uh, a lot of that difference is like how you sell it, right? How, how you give people context and why it's important to them right now. That's the biggest one. Uh, but it's going to be more of a pure tech project, right? It's not going to have the coordination with the partners. We will at implementation, but this one's going to be all about, you know, how we get security and how we get network engineering to really land on, you know, our design that will have sustainability for the next 10 to 15 years. Are projects like that getting harder uh, in the era of the changing role of the CIO and things becoming more, you know, strategic business leader versus hands on the tech? Um, I think for us, it's not gotten harder because we're an end-to-end -end organization. So Agency of Digital Services in Vermont, all executive branch IT professionals workforce, we provide all the services. So we, while we're, while we're, I'm talking to my cabinet peers about how we modernize things in their space or move them forward in service delivery, we also have all the technologists so that you know we can engage the CTO and the director of shared services and and have conversations about what we're going to need to do there. So for in our situation, not exclusively being just CIO as a broker, um, it's not as much of a challenge right now. Let's talk briefly about the Cyber uh, Critical Infrastructure Council. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this seems like a really deliberate move. I mean, Vermont was one of the first states to ban things like Huawei devices and and ZTE and some of those things, uh, and now making these progressive moves yep. to coordinating on critical infrastructure. How does all of this fit into some of that strategic planning on cyber going forward? So um, I would say it's, we're looking at this as the never ending journey, right? So our, we don't have like, here's our five goals in, in cyber. And if we get there, we're gonna like breathe a sigh of relief. We know that's not the case. So what we're doing is, is we're, we're looking at, as we grow, Right, and so we've done stuff. So we got last year through the legislature, we uh, got the investment to create a SIM. We fired, you know, we used Splunk with uh, New Harbor to, to operate that SIM. That's been successful, we're implemented. So now we're like, okay, we have that as a resource. How do we start bringing that to our partners? How do we use our experience while it's still fresh to evangelize to utilities, you know, in these other critical infrastructure areas, the benefits of something like a SIM? And so, you know, that's, that's going to be part of how we just continue to move forward. It's like we're going to, we have this vision, right? And I won't even say it's a strategic plan. It's more of a vision, right? Where we have in place all of the tools available to protect citizens, you know, from cyber attack, regardless of whether it's in state government or our critical infrastructure. So that vision is really guiding us, but the strategies are going to evolve as we have opportunity. Um, one of the interesting pieces is it's a, it's creating a cybersecurity council, which is uh, a mix of state and private sector uh, uh, individuals. And I think that'll um, that'll help us kind of continue to drive it from having that, it's not all of state and it's not all private. It, it's a blend uh, with no like equal numbers. And so that'll help us keep uh, an eye on how to move forward. We, we realize that we can't sit still. We can't, we can't, 
every year is going to have to be something new, right? And this year it's critical infrastructure. John Naylor, Chief Information Officer for the State of Vermont. You can read more about him and modernization at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. States are continuing to make strides toward embracing identity and access management as it creeps up NASIO's top 10 state IT priorities list. Matt Thompson is the SVP and General Manager of Public Sector Solutions at SoCure. He's also a State Scoop 50 Award winner this year. He tells me how he's advising state leaders on identity and what's coming next. So I've spent the first 11 years of my professional career uh, in the Army. I was enlisted, then became an officer, um, got out of the military, went to uh, business school. Um, and while I was there, I really got into digital identity because uh, as a veteran, I couldn't access benefits that were supposed to be exclusive for veterans and military family members uh, online. So I, um, I co-founded uh, what is now ID.me. Um, you know, I went from ID.me to uh, leading digital identity uh, at Capital One. And then um, most recently, I led Idemia's uh, identity business for North America. Now I'm at SoCure leading their government business. But my whole civilian career has been in digital identity and in and around government. So, I mean, when we're talking identity, uh, it's very clear what a trend that is in our yeah. space right now. It's yeah. continuing to ratchet up the top of the priority list. Uh, it's continuing to be just something that kind of everybody's focusing on. Uh, how does that fit into some of the other trends that you're seeing across the state and local space? Well, it's high, digital identity, which is really kind of uh, the front door and, and a key component for enabling access for constituents to digital services um, ties in with a lot of state CIO priorities in particular. Um, one, just around the general digitization trend. So obviously we all know and are probably tired of talking about the pandemic at this point, but that's really what catalyzed, that crisis catalyzed a lot of move to digital services effectively overnight. That trend's not going backwards. In fact, you know, I think we're in the middle probably of a rising tide. Uh, so you know, there's still a lot more transactions, a lot more types of services and benefits that government agencies are going to be delivering online. So, the, you know, digital identity clearly ties in with the overall digital transformation uh, efforts uh, going on in states. The other things, um, you know, I, I see it as a piece of cyber, a very central piece to cyber efforts because we got to lock down the, the front door of these applications. Um, you know, I look at SoCure as being kind of a digital bodyguard to let the right people in and keep the bad people out. And so um, you need that to protect your constituents from having their identity information stolen, used by fraudsters to commit crimes against uh, government. And yeah. so I, that ties in with cyber. Uh, there's also another important piece um, around accessibility, inclusion, equitable access that identity plays a really central role in because if you're not able to verify all the population and in particular parts because of their race, age, socioeconomic status, then you're not serving all your constituents. And government has the hard task of serving 100% of their constituents and doing that you know, with equal kind of opportunity and equal experience. And that's really, really hard to do. But identity is really central in that story. So, so we're early in 2023, but but we certainly have a big year ahead of us. And yeah. What do you think? Lots uh, of events going on. Lots of events. Like here. <laughs> what do you What do you expect to come in the next couple months? And, and what, what? How do you think those trends, those those trending topics, are going to change? Yeah, I, I I'm super excited um, because uh, right now I I think there are 21 or 23 
uh, state CIOs who have been in the position less than 12 months. So you've got a lot of uh, new perspectives, new visions that are being created. Um, you know, candidly, I think it's like there was a lot of good foundation put in place during the pandemic that these new uh, state CIO leaders are going to be able to build upon, um, but bring fresh energy, fresh vision uh, to the next stage of, of government's digital transformation. So I'm super excited about uh, aligning with their priorities, supporting their mission and uh, getting to work. Matt Thompson, SVP and General Manager of Public Sector Solutions at SoCure. He's a winner in this year's State Scoop 50 Awards. You can see a full list of winners at a link in today's show notes as well. You can subscribe to the Priorities Podcast at PrioritiesPodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, be sure to leave a review or rating on the podcast page. They make it more likely that more people will find the show. This podcast is a production of Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. James Mahoney and Carlin Fisher helped put it together. The entire Scoop News Group team contributes. Until next week, I'm your host, Jake Williams. Thanks for listening.